Welcome friends, my name is Charles Rizak and I will be your host. In this podcast, we talk about all things health, wealth, and personal growth. Now let's fuel your mind. This is the CR3 Experience. What is going on, CR3 family? Today, in episode three, I have a conversation with two entrepreneurs who are professionals at building, marketing, and scaling businesses located out of San Diego, the owners of Modern Ify Marketing, High Rise Trading, and the Jersey Loco Shop. Let me introduce to you Eric Gonzalez and Eduardo Rahi. Let's get it. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, essentially, um, we kind of have branched off into digital marketing. You know, we, we, we start off with e-commerce, which is uh, sort of like Jersey local for us. And throughout these past couple of years, we've just been getting into digital marketing a lot. Um, we'll kind of expand on that a little bit more later. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, we took a, we took the leap of faith pretty recently in terms of fully being committed to our to our entrepreneurial side you know our businesses and modernify is just it's just our, our baby right now that we're trying to grow we're trying to help others ex- expand their brand and their marketing for for whatever business they might have you know because nowadays we're we're expanding into a digital era digital marketing is a new marketing you know like it used to be tv back in the day but even that is is very very limited because yeah, you could put your brand or your business on TV, but you don't know who you're, you can't even target your audience really. It's just whoever's on TV with digital marketing, you could tailor your needs and tailor your brand to to appeal to the specific people you need that are going to take in your product, you know? And that's, and that's so true. I mean, um, especially we're all stuck at home and everyone has an iPhone. Everyone has access to Instagram or a social media platform. And what better way to figure out you know which product or service you want to purchase or what restaurant you want to go to than having that virtually in front of your face you know so most definitely i feel like uh, realistically speaking as weird as it may sound um i think covid has positively impacted the e-commerce space without a doubt because like you said everybody's at home everybody's doing school through zoom everybody's working from home everyone's just essentially everybody's just home period because of the coronavirus so i feel like because of that i mean our sales have tripled doubled whatever it is and essentially when we're running ads everybody's seeing these ads just because well like you mentioned everyone is home at the end of the day so i feel like e-commerce is only going to be growing with these years to come as well as digital marketing I mean, it has to, right? Either you adapt or you die. And we've seen that with, you know, businesses like Blockbuster and Media Play, you know, when streaming became big. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard the whole Netflix Blockbuster story, but, you know, Blockbuster had a chance to purchase Netflix for like, you know, 10 or 15 million dollars to get some some short equity. And they denied it. You know, they were too um, comfortable in their space. They didn't understand that this digital and streaming world was going to start. You know, same thing with um, media play. Have even where we're even where we're we're coming from, the retail side of um, Verizon Wireless and AT and T. I mean, think about it. I'm pretty sure 
these stores that we used to work at not the same from when we used to work back then? Oh, no, man. I mean, retail's dying, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to, you know, people purchasing products and services, that's going away. Why would I want to go into a, um, you know, a sporting goods store that could hop on, you know, Jersey Loco and get a Jersey overnighted to me? I don't have to leave my apartment. I can just buy it online. You know, same thing with food. Um, but what's great about the food and entertainment industry is people want those pictures. People want to have something Instagram worthy. So, you know, the food and the beverage and the restaurant and bar industry, that'll be around for a long time. You know, everybody, everybody wants that next photo op. Exactly. So you Another mentioned digital marketing uh, opportunity right there. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a good opportunity. You guys mentioned taking a leap of faith. From what Eric told me, Eduardo, you went to what? Um, you went to SDSU, right? Yes, correct. I graduated from SDSU. Okay. I went to USD. Uh, we can still be friends, but I would have <laughs> gone to SDSU. When I got out, out of the military, it was just such a, such a big college campus. You know, it was 250 students per class. And for me, I needed something smaller. But, you know, he told, told me you're a skilled marketer. Um, was it your sophomore or junior year or? Have you always had this, this entrepreneurial fire in you? Well, to be honest, my answer to that would probably be, probably be no. I mean, I've always, so I grew up like always being, I always had ingrained because of my family, you know, I'm Hispanic and it's sort of like a family value thing. Education has always been like ingrained in me, you know, like get your education done. Like it's important. You need it for your life, for success, you know? I kind of like the stereotype, like, oh, you need to get an education to, like, succeed in this world, you know, especially in the U.S. And so I grew up, like, I was always, like, an academic student, like, eight straight A's, a scholar athlete, everything. But even though I did good for myself in school, like, I was never that, like, academically inclined, per se, you know? Like, I knew it was important because that's how I was raised, but I wasn't, like, I didn't think, like, oh, you need this to succeed, you know? It was just, like, I'm doing it for my family, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, that's a lot of, a lot of people can relate to that. You know, everyone kind of grows up feeling like that. Do you and, think that um, for you and Eric, um, do you think the big part of it was the whole immigrant hustle? Yes, definitely. So I think it's, it's definitely the, the background that we come from that and, and our, our family just, yeah, the background in terms of where we were raised and in terms of like our family situations and like our 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 income you know realistically speaking um well i grew up we both grew up in south bay san diego uh i, I literally live my parents live like 10 minutes away from the border he grew up in chula vista which is still south bay san diego maybe 15 20 minutes away from the border and it's it's a low socioeconomic area realistically speaking you know so overall the income of its people is low the education system might not be the best just that just the education level attained by the people that live there is it's not the best and i mean i i lived in a family of four stay at home mom working dad little brother and we i mean we we didn't have that luxurious lifestyle you know um i was blessed i can i'm blessed to say i had everything i needed you know had two caring parents i had great teachers still throughout my schooling i always had food on the table to eat but i never had any any luxury and I always grew up like kind of living on a budget. And I mean, I just, I care for my family a lot. So I've always just, once I started growing older and realizing that like 
that, I mean, obviously we grew a little bit on a budget. I started realizing like, damn, like my parents did all of this for me. Like I want to give back, you know? And I just started like really taking that in. And as I kept growing older, like I was like, how can I give back? How can I give back? And I just, especially with Eric as well, because I think he did already, he already had that entrepreneurial fire in him. I feel like he kind of influenced me along with my desire to help back my family. And I just, we just started making stuff happen, bro. And throughout these years, this is exactly what's been happening. We've just been working on stuff to give back, you know? I, I feel like he could say the same. Yeah, definitely. I feel like at the end of the day, I mean, just both being on the same mission of breaking the trend that we were raised in, not essentially living in poverty, but I mean, I, I grew up in a Section 8 um, household and I knew that that's not the type of lifestyle that I wanted to be living or having my kids around. Um, I mean... I love my mom. No, no offense by any means, but that's just something that I didn't want to be going through. And at the end of the day, I saw all the things that my mom was doing for me too. And I knew that I wanted to give back, but I wanted to break that trend of having to live in section eight. And essentially when I was introduced into books, um, think and grow rich, rich, rich dad, poor dad, things like books like those, um, financial literacy, self-development, I started to become aware that if you're like essentially living in Section 8 um, households and um, living on a budget, things of that nature, those things tend to already be ingrained in you. So if you don't make the effort to break those trends, you're essentially going to be the next to follow that. And when I became aware of that, I knew that I didn't, I didn't want to follow the trend anymore. I agree. I mean, it seems like you guys are both, you know, not only cut from the same, same cloth, but you kind of have the same value system. I mean, you know, putting the business as a priority, but essentially you're, you're wanting to level up. You're wanting to get to the next level and, you know, give your kids more than you had and um, just keep growing and growing and growing and expanding your brand, expanding your, your personal network. Um, you guys kind of talked about books you know, Eric, you mentioned Think and Grow Rich. What are a few books that you think were, had a huge impact in your life, Eduardo? For me, I think one of them that I really like, it's not even necessarily the best book I've read, but I think it's, it's important to have in the back of your head. Um, it's called the, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have at least seen it, the cover. It's, it pops. It's like very orangey. But um. I mean, yeah, I think uh, one thing I could say that I think has helped me a lot in this life is like, I mean, I'm not an asshole, you know, but you just really can't give a fuck if you want to progress in life, you know, like you got to be confident in what you're doing and what, you, what you're worth and do what you need to do without like caring about what others, what others think, you know, because that's going to hold you back. And realistically speaking, there's always going to be haters. I agree, man. I mean, the biggest reason I made this podcast was to not only get out of my comfort zone, but to sharpen some skills that I wanted to work on to kind of go against the norm, you know, to take that leap of faith to just not really give a fuck what anybody thought and just provide value, just meet new people, uh, share my story, you know, share their stories and kind of backtracking. You mentioned, um, you know, it's not even having that arrogance. It's just having that confidence. It's just knowing that um, you can't be afraid of failure that the only way you learn and grow is through, through trying. I mean, the biggest thing that most people 
are afraid of is just starting, you know, just, just start, just start the website, just pay for that, that course to learn more, just um, provide value to somebody else and you can grow yourself and your network. You know, sounds very much like a Gary V type of post. Let's fuck it, fuck it, right? Fuck it. Your first podcast's gonna suck. Your first this, 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 and this, right? I mean, it has to. I mean, the only way to really get better at something is to try over and over and over again and get feedback. And you don't want the feedback of people, you know, sugarcoating shit. I want honest feedback. Like when I did my first podcast, um, my audio was off. I didn't really have a lot of questions. It was more of a um, off the cup and uh, Eric gave me some good feedback, you know? So as long as you just practice your craft and keep getting feedback and accepting criticism, um, that's the only way you're going to get better at your craft, you know? So from here, from your first podcast till now, what, what do you think you've improved on? Um, well, for me, I was in the tech space. So all I've known is sales um, my entire life. I've always loved talking to people. I've always been able to build friendships and relationships. And I had no idea how to use GarageBand. Um, I had no idea how to edit sound or even really record on Zoom and make sure the audio was fine. My first interview, um, I didn't have any questions outlined. It was more like a conversation between me and my friend without an outline. You know, um, if I was a listener, I would kind of like to have a chain of events, you know, hearing about, you know, how they grew up and their struggles and things they enjoy. And that's why I kind of sent you some, some basic topics of conversation that way it's, it's not so, um, unplanned and it's more formulated, you know? No, definitely. So, um, do you like, do you think you prefer more of the free flowing conversation type of thing? Or do you, do you think sticking to a structure? Is like more of the norm in the podcast space. I mean, to be honest, I like both. If you watch anybody, you know, I don't want to have my podcast be anything like you see on TV as far as, you know, talk shows. Yeah. I would love to have something that makes you think that you have different people, you know, on the left or the right, gay, straight. It doesn't matter. Um, something very similar to, you know, maybe like a Joe Rogan mixed yeah. with something else to where, um, you know, you can shoot the shit, you have some type of script, you have something you're going to talk about, but you also have that, that free flowing conversation. And that's what brings authenticity is not being on a script, just kind of building rapport and, you know, finding out more about the people that, that provide value, you know? Yeah. So whenever you come back down, man, we'll, we'll do a, a zoom video one, two, we'll have some scotch and whiskey ready. Like Joe Rogan. <laughs> It'd be fun, man. We can light one up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Now that I'm uh, no longer chained to the nine to five, I can talk about that, you know? So. Yeah, man. So how, how do you feel with, um, leaving? I mean, you worked for Fortune 500 company and you just left. I'm sure that was a scary feeling because I felt, I felt anxiety and stress and probably every emotion you can think of leaving my nine to five in January not too long ago. So I know you just left your nine to five recently. What, how do you feel? What do you feel? Yeah. I mean, I, I told to you to do that. it, man. I told you um, that it'd be the best decision ever for me. You know, I found ways to, um, you know, accumulate residual income. And although it was smaller at that time than I was making 
um, in my corporate job, I saw opportunity. And the biggest thing that a nine to five can't give you is freedom. Um, you know, I've worked more hours doing this podcast and starting this real estate company than I ever did in my nine to five, but I love it. And it doesn't seem like work. Um, that's the biggest thing I think that is so rewarding as an entrepreneur is you can really focus on things you love and double down on those. And you're going to have learning curves. You're going to have struggles, but as long as you identify your purpose. And for me, it was um, to find that freedom to be able to travel and um, create content and do real estate. You know, you're, you're a real estate guy, Eric, and I'm not sure if, if you love real estate also, Eduardo, but that's the market that you can truly grow wealth from is real estate. You know, having multiple properties and having cash flow is it's a really great way to grow wealth. And it's an asset class, you know, unlike stocks and crypto that they don't have those large market swings, you know. No, definitely. I know um, when we first met, you said you had already a couple of properties under your belt. So what are you planning on doing? Are you like uh, doing fix and flips now with your real estate company? Um, you didn't really mention much about your real estate company when we talked on the phone the other day, but you, are you like um, just doing the traditional uh, representing buyers and sellers or you just buying more properties for, for uh, cash flow? Right. So um, the uh, company is called Prestige Investments, LOC. Um, I got the whole concept through, uh, you know, Step Brothers, Prestige Worldwide. <laughs> nice. I, I, just, I just love the whole thought behind um, creating something that somebody could, could bring reference to. You know, I started it with uh, two of my good friends. Uh, one of the guys I met at the Fortune 500 company um, I worked with, and he's just a savage on the phone super good at sales. And then the other guy was the operations officer for a few small startups. And we all love real estate. You know, we have mad respect for Grant Cardone and everyone in that space. And I have a bunch of friends that got into wholesaling. Are you familiar with that? Yes, yes. So we're in the wholesale space. So we pretty much are the middlemen between the uh, seller and an investor. And we charge something called an assignment fee. So say, for instance, you have a piece of property that an owner is trying to sell for, say, $100,000. And the ARV, the after rehab value, maybe one fifty. dollars um, Let's say $200,000. There's a $100,000 spread. Well, I could bring that to an investor and say, hey, Mr. Investor, I have this, um, this, this home under contract. It's yours for, you know, 115, 120, whatever, whatever my cut is. And that's a 10 to $15,000. Um, yeah. Know, so revenue. essentially you're just selling the contract. Yeah. I'm just selling the contract. That's it. So we have a few uh, big meetings this week, you know, hopefully I can get a few done this month. And for me, it was really eye opening. you know, on a good month at my company, I would make, you know, between four to six grand, you know, you're in the same boat. It's, it's good money, but it's not great money. It, it's comfortable money. You know, um, I come from a very similar situation to where um, I really want to give back to my mom and give back to my family. And, you know, my mom lost her job due to COVID and she's been struggling. And the only way I can help her out is by increasing my income. And I can't do that working for somebody else. I'm, I'm filling their pockets, not mine. So, you know, I had friends in that space that are you know, clearing between 20 to a hundred grand a month. Wow. And in my eyes, 
I wanted a piece of that. I would love to make something in a month that some people spend an entire year doing, you know? So. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm sure um, you talk to a bunch of different people and they'll tell you you're out of your mind if you think you can make 20K a month, but just goes to show the type of mindset everybody has, right? Yeah, I mean, some people think 60K a year is a lot and some people think 60K a month is not a lot. You know, it just really determines the mindset of who you are and, you know, who you surround yourself around. So, I mean, who are the who are the top three people that both you guys had in your life that made the biggest impact? That's a good question. Um, and it could be people you haven't met in real life. So um, it could be somebody, let's say, um, you know, Dale Carnage or um, Richard Branson. I mean, they don't have to be an actual person, but it could be your mom or your dad. But, you know, top three that had the largest impact. You want to go first? Dordo, I'm trying to think still. I'll go, I'll go. Um, so for me, it, it is kind of a stereotype. I'm, I'm going to probably go with my mom, my dad, and my uncle, Ricardo. But let me tell you why. So my dad, um, I would probably say, has influenced me a lot in um, work ethic. I mean, obviously, given my background, like he would work, he still works five days a week. He wakes up around 7 a.m., 6 a.m. back when we had like actual school in person um and then he'll be coming back home from work around like 11 11 30 at night you know he has two jobs so that's why it's so long of a work day um but obviously i see that growing up as a kid and and maybe i don't process it right away but as i keep growing up i'm like damn like especially when when i started working i'm like damn like that's a that's a lot of work you know like it, it, it's five days a week working that long, it, it gets to you, you get tired. Um, so I'm like, damn, he's, he's really working to provide for the family, you know? Um, besides that, I feel like even if subconsciously, he taught me a lot of financial literacy because like I said, I was always blessed to be provided with everything I needed as a kid, you know? Like I had, I was able to do soccer, I had food on the table, I, I didn't have luxurious vacations, but I had little family trips. He, even with a small budget, even with a small, uh, relatively small income, he was still able to budget and provide everything I needed, you know? And I've, I've seen him, like, when I was a kid, I would always see him in his room, like, late at night, like, doing the accounting, everything, like, on a piece of paper and organizing his funds and money. And I'm, I'm honestly kind of like that, too. I think financial literacy is so key, like, regardless of your income, because at the end of the day, even though the amount of money you make matters, I think it's more of not how much you make, but how you use your money, you know? Because essentially, like, you could have a little bit of money, but you know how to save, and you could use that savings into stocks. You can use that savings into starting a business, et cetera. Like, if you know how to budget your money, you can be relatively okay in this world, you know? Especially in capitalist America. Um, but most of all, I think I just, uh, I really admire one of the jobs he has, uh, he deals with uh, he deals with teenagers with disabilities essentially. It, it can be mental, physical, everything. Um, and essentially, he's kind of like a social worker. And in this job, he he teaches them self-efficacy and like independency. You know, so they teach them how to like get around the city without like how to be on public transportation. They treat them. Uh, they show them a lot of like skills you might need um, going into adulthood. Uh, they take them to school. They essentially, they essentially give these kids the opportunity that they deserve. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're normal people 
they just have a certain disability that maybe we have that we don't have you know we all have different things we struggle with and essentially like I've just always admired that you know because I've, I've gone to that job actually too to do my community service and I think it's a very like fulfilling job you know even if it doesn't necessarily pay the most like I've always admired about my admired that about him because he's like he seems happy you know and I think even though we're obviously striving for for money to a certain degree I think that's very important happiness or else you're just you're not going to be satisfied with your life period you know I agree man I mean the biggest ROI for me and um you guys can probably relate to this is not only uh, the numbers in your account, but it's the number of lives you can impact, you know, whether it's a family or somebody indirectly through social media. Um, there's a huge ROI on that. And, and you took those values from your dad and you apply them to your business, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I've just always, like I said, like, even though obviously I'm chasing a certain amount of money, to be able to have that financial freedom and help my family, the happiness. And like you said, the impact is, is what ultimately what matters, you know? I think I got my, um, my two motivators now. So, um, same as him. Um, definitely my mom, um, I grew up with a single mother, so she's my everything. And that's, I think why I do this and I work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. So, um, essentially, I feel like my mom taught me the basic values that a man needs to have in his life. She taught me the manners that I feel like every gentleman basically should need. But uh, most of all, she kind of pushed me towards education. Um, I personally dropped out of community college three times. And I think to this day, community college was one of the hardest things for me just because I, I don't know. I think I had it ingrained in me. Like it's, you know, when you start hearing your friends say things like, oh, this is not for me. Started feeling kind of like comfort, like you mentioned, comfort money. And I think comfort's a drug. So I started uh, to really dig into my persistence and finish college because I, I didn't want to be part of those statistics of being a college dropout. And I think my mom really um helped me motivate me and push me to to see kind of the value that is behind the college degree, even though I personally don't think at this point that I'm still going to need it. I still think it was a big uh, accomplishment for me in the meantime. Um, on top of that, my other uh, mentor or motivator, I would say uh, somebody I met while I was working at T-Mobile, his name is JC. So I was, I believe I was 18, fresh out of high school, working, I believe my first or second sales job at T-Mobile as a sales rep. And I think this is kind of where I started to see a little bit more of my entrepreneurial side. I helped out this guy. He owned a business. Obviously, when you pull up an account working at these wireless places, you can see if it's a LLC. So... Essentially, I started asking him questions and he said he owned a, a real estate company. And on top of that, he was flipping cars on the side. And I was like, oh, cool. This guy seems pretty cool. Um, long story short, at the end of the at the end of the sale, he gave me his business card. And what really stood out to me about him was his business card. It was was very shiny, very different from the typical business cards that you just grab and throw away when you're handed fun. And I didn't really think much of it until I started 
kind of getting fed up with my management team and everything as well. So one day um, I decided to call him. I was like, hey, man, um, you gave me your business card. You said if I'm ever interested in real estate to give you a call. And he said, all right, well, what are you doing right now? And I was like, whoa, this guy's, this guy's for real. You know, he's the real deal. He, he already wants to meet me. And, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing anything. He's like, all right, well, come to the office. Let's get started. So within literally 15 minutes of meeting this guy in person again in his office, he was like, all right, let's get started on your real estate. Um, I'm going to pay for your classes. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to pay for everything on my own. Long story short, this guy ended up becoming a, a whole mentor to me. Um, he taught me a lot about business, entrepreneurship. Um, at the time when I had met him, I was a knucklehead. I messed up my credit fresh out of high school. This guy taught me how to build credit, kind of taught me a lot about um, building wells. He taught me a lot of street smarts. He taught me about real estate. He actually helped me get my real estate license. He's guided me throughout the entire process. And to this day, I think I can say he's been one of my biggest motivators to this day. And um, you sold yourself to him. You know, you were in a retail space. He saw potential in you, and then he decided to take you under his wing. And I'm sure you're you're returning that favor. I'm sure you've met, you know, some younger entrepreneurs that you saw potential in, that maybe now you are mentoring in uh, San Diego. You know? Yeah, most definitely. That's another one of the things that uh, me and Eduardo are doing with the high rise e-commerce. So, um, like you mentioned, we open up, um, we start, we start uh, small companies, we market them, we scale them. But another thing that we also do is we teach um, young entrepreneurs, uh, well, really entrepreneurs of any age, how to get started in the e-commerce space. So at the moment, we're uh, mentoring two different students, and we're looking to expand upon that as well. Y'all have, um, have a website for that, correct? Uh, we don't have a website. That right now, we're more, more focused on uh, Modernify Marketing to help out um, small businesses double or triple the revenue in under 60 to 90 days through digital marketing. However... Um, that is one of the things that we are going to start implementing because we, we were doing a lot of hands-on one-on-one coaching, but it really is just too time-consuming for us. So we're looking into maybe recording some preset videos and kind of like scenarios that you can run into while running an e-commerce store. I love that. Hey, uh, uh, listeners, if you guys are looking to expand your business in San Diego or anywhere in the U.S., I'm going to drop their instagram in my um info section and you guys can hit them up and schedule a consultation with eduardo and eric and they will take care of you and help you guys grow so that's exciting that, man awesome awesome that's exciting so let's kind of backtrack you, a little bit yeah anytime so you guys are talking about people that had impacts in your life and how you're impacting other lives um we talked about books is there a certain movie um, for me, it was Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> of course, it, man. Of course. Know, he comes from nothing. He's like a, you know, a college graduate, and he is just sick of having a piece of paper and filling the pocket to somebody else. And he's, he takes the leap, and he does something that he loves and becomes really good at it. And, you know, I've listened to Eric on the phone, and he's a savage. And I'm sure Eduardo's the same, same way, too. What are you guys doing now? as far as getting your product and service out there. 
I know that uh, Jersey Loco is crushing it. You just hit, you know, 10,000 followers. Congrats on that. There'll be a giveaway soon, right? <laughs> yeah, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you want to answer that, Eduardo? So you, you want to know about, like, how we, how we get the – the business out there, like how we, how we let people know about it. Yeah. Like and how, how, how'd y'all scale? Cause Eric's Eric posts, um, you know, some pretty impressive numbers on his Instagram and I've just seen nothing but growth the past year or two that I've kind of been, you know, tracking uh, Jersey Loco and it's impressive. I mean, not only to sell something on e-commerce, but to have that much visibility, you know, via what, via Yelp and Facebook and Instagram, what were some marketing strategies that you guys are using that maybe some of the listeners could, um, you know, use in their strategy um, to help grow their market share? Uh, so yeah. for Jersey Local, realistically speaking, it, uh, I think this is kind of what started Modernify at the end of the day. So Jersey Local has been based out of uh, essentially... So we have analytics that we can analyze. We have about a 9% customer return rate. So that's pretty good. We have, you know, one out of every 10 customers that we get comes back to our website to purchase more goods. However, majority of our customers come from digital marketing. So we're running Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. We have search engine optimization. On top of that, we're constantly reaching out to uh, soccer fans and straight up DMing them, hey, this is our site. If you need anything, let us know. Um, and essentially, that's how we've been able to scale from essentially nothing to getting close to about 30K a month. That's crushing it, man. I mean, so when you first started, your, your, um, your advertising budget was obviously smaller. Have you all scaled up your budget? Are you just having a lot of referrals or... Kind of uh, we're always scaling, always scaling. We never, we never want to stop and get comfortable. Definitely not. Um, so obviously within uh, marketing, we're always having a look at the analytics and we always need to see what ads are performing, which ones are not performing. And the better performing ones are the ones that we slowly start to scale up until we feel like we're at a point where we can handle it. And I think we can, go all the way up to 100k realistically speaking 100k a month so we're still nowhere near where we want to be it's not a matter of if it's a matter of a win with that you know so everyone likes to hear the story of success and people having big numbers what were y'all's biggest failures with these companies y'all started um (laughs) gone through too many to fuck to remember man too many um, I think one of my one of my biggest heartbreaks was I think got I think we got hacked or I don't know what what um, the issue was but we got like a virus. Yeah, we had like some kind of little virus. I don't know how that entered our website. Coronavirus. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, the coronavirus before the coronavirus, brother. The OG one, but um, twenty yeah. BC before COVID. <laughs> yeah, bro, literally. So, yeah, like he said, it was some kind of like virus or, or some kind of malware that entered the website. And that really like threw us off heavily because we weren't able to run Google ads. And more than anything, we weren't even able to post our, our website link on our Instagram bio. So essentially 
two big routes of exposure and just easy ways to sell were gone down the drain, you know, and, and that lasted, we couldn't take care of it for like two weeks. And I mean, every, every day counts, you know? And yeah. Two, and by the uh, time we were able to finally figure out what was going on, um, we ran into another issue. We we're dealing with a lot of fraud at the time. We didn't know how to, how to deal with it. We didn't know how to look out for fraud. So people were essentially purchasing our products and then calling their banks and disputing the charge. So we're losing money at one point, actually. And those are all things that I feel like we already overcame. We know how to look out for fraud. We know how to deal with fraud. We have a third party that detects fraud for us as well. Um, but essentially the combination of the virus and then the fraud, and then by the time we got it fixed, COVID-19 started, we were just completely fucked. <laughs> the literal, the actual COVID virus actually stopped us for a little bit because oh. I mean, yeah, the whole world stopped, bro. So it was, it was the harsh. entire chain of supply was destroyed at that point. Yeah. I think a lot of businesses, you know, had some supply chain issues. Um, since that struggle, have y'all utilized like a private VPN or a cybersecurity, you know, protocol to track, um, malware and to kind of track you know hackers from accessing y'all's website we i don't think we can say we have implemented anything for cybersecurity. I, I really to this day don't know what happened that issue was very very strange because we hired some um some developers and the developers were in talks with us and saying they couldn't find anything either but um i mean thank god we haven't had to deal with that again However, in terms of um, cybersecurity and fraud, we, we do have a third party company it's called the uh, Fraud Labs and they detect all the fraud and they, they essentially screen every single cell that goes through our system and shout out to them because they're great. I think they charge us only like 20 cents per transaction. And y'all are making a lot of transactions. So it's, it's, a, it's a high return for both you guys, you know? Most definitely. I mean, I think um, everybody in the e-commerce space, especially the people that are crushing it and killing it in e-commerce, I'm sure they have a couple horror stories they could talk about. And I mean, at the end of the day, that, that friendly fraud is no joke, man. That can make or break your business right there. And I'm happy we, we were able to overcome that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at companies like Facebook, um, even Toys R Us, you know, everyone gets hacked. And again, it's not a matter of if it's, it's a win. Yeah. And it's how do you, how do you learn from that? And how do you develop stronger strategies to overcome that? You know, most definitely. And I mean, that was just one of the many situations I can even talk about. I've had my Facebook ads account shut down. I've had my Google ads account shut down like anything you can probably think of, but I think at the end of the day, it's all a journey that makes you stronger at, at you know, I think kind of just molds you into a more knowledgeable business person and small business owner overall. What do you I, think, Charles? I'm I, sure I, you've gone through a couple of um, failures. Oh my gosh, man. Um, you know, in episode one of my podcast, I'll talk about a few of my failures, but my largest one, was um you know i had a problem with addiction i was addicted to you know drinking and going out and i wasn't really surrounding myself around a good circle of influence and the minute i switched up my circle of influence and started hanging around you know entrepreneurs and even 
though I think college is just a piece of paper, like you guys mentioned, I think it's valuable. I mean, you surround yourself around people that at least where I went to school and people I met, they want to grow with you and they're part of my network. And a lot of these kids and young adults and people my age, um, they're going to be in a lot of valuable careers that I can use um, in my future whenever I'm trying to scale, you know? So my, my biggest failure was, you know, chasing the piece of paper and chasing dollar bills as opposed to investing in myself. You know, I was investing in going out on Friday nights, you know, that might cost 300 bucks, but when it came to go to like a conference or pay for an online course, I couldn't quantify this course isn't worth the 300 bucks. And the minute I realized that investing in yourself is the is the highest ROI you're ever going to get. Um, that's when things started to shift for me, you know? So when did you have that kind of like breaking point in your life that you said, I need to change? I would say when I was 19, I lived in a small town in Georgia, um, right before I joined the military and half my friends, um, were getting locked up. You know, I, I lived in an area to where, um, there's a lot of drug dealers and, you know, country people and, um, not knocking the South, but there's nothing really to do down there, but get fucked up and party. And <laughs> a lot of people, you know, fall into this trap of not only working for somebody else, but working in a lowered income, um, job setting to where for me, I knew I wanted to do bigger things, um, and different things than the people I was hanging out with. So I had a friend overdose, a good friend, and that was my tipping point. You know, the minute he overdosed, I, I joined the military and I escaped my environment and, um, the Navy for me changed my life. It changed my trajectory. It changed my circle of influence. I just kept on growing from there. I mean, I had growing pains and failures along the way, but I'm constantly evolving as a person. And I think that's all you can do is, you know, appreciate the hard times and know that good times keep coming if you remain persistent, you know. I wish I could have a little bit more to relate to being in the military, but I have no clue, no idea how it is to, to even serve in the military. Can you talk about that? Like how do, how does like your your work day go from the day you like from the moment you wake up to I mean essentially how you're saying it changed your life? Yeah, so we can unpack that. So my entire time, uh, seven years in, I was up at five a.m. Um, I'd wake up, I'd run five miles, I'd chug some egg whites, and then I I'd, I'd hit the books. Um, whether it was at that time I was um, trying to advance and get promoted in the military. And there's this stigma that only, you know, people that, you know, try to escape their hometown or they're not very smart or in the military. It used to be that way. You could just sign up and escape. But I met some of the smartest people that some of these guys and gals run multi-million dollar businesses now that I met in the Navy. So, you know, after I'd wake up and study, I go to my job and I'd work on something I've never done before. For me, it was working on helicopters. Um, working on jets and I got really good at it and I made some impact and I was able to be attached to a command that had uh, Navy SEALs and rescue swimmers and just hearing their stories and hearing their motivation and, and their grit and listening, listening to the shit they went through and kind of feeding off of them. You know, one of my favorite people that I really 
kind of follow is David Goggins and, and Jocko and um, their whole mindset is uh, it's pretty inspirational. You know, you get, you just really got to stop feeling sorry for yourself and realize that uh, not only are we in America, but we have all of our limbs. Um, although there's a lot of political craziness going on, we still have freedom. You know, we're not living in a communist country. Women have the right to vote. Um, anybody in any situation can run a business or succeed. It's just how bad do you want it? And the minute you stop feeling sorry for yourself and you start taking action and start executing is when things really start to change. So oh, definitely. I think we can all agree on that. What about you guys? So let's start with Eduardo. Um, what is your daily routine like? So my daily routine, am I very little bit? And this is something I'm working on because I want to have more of like a set schedule but things I can say I, I for sure do almost every day. Um, I try to wake up and like I said, I'm trying to work on a better sleep schedule, like more consistent, <laughs> but I try to wake up if possible around nine or 10 a.m. Um, I'll wake up and the first thing I usually do in the mornings, regardless of what time I wake up, I try to think of one thing I could be grateful for, you know, and try to take it in, um, appreciate it just to kind of start off my day on a more positive note, you know, and I'll try, I'll try to freaking get my ass to, to do some investing, you know, especially Eric, Eric's always pushing me to do that. Um, you know, I'll sit, I'll, I'll sit down on my laptop, look at a monitor, look at my phone, start investing for the day. If it's, if it's not a super red day, <laughs> um, red days I'll, are great for discounts, but yeah, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the blood hurts, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, the blood does hurt, but you buy the dip, right? <laughs> you always buy the dip, man. You I buy mean, the people, dip. People don't get that if you could buy a Louis Vuitton um, <laughs> wallet for 80% off, why would you not do that? You know, red days are a way to add your position, and you can either right. short it, or if you believe in the company, and it's a long play for you. I mean, shit, Tesla dropped all the way to $555. <sighs> I know. You know, I picked up, I mean, you know, 15 shares. And I mean, if you look at Tesla now, it's definitely not 555. It's in the closest 700s. And, yes, you know, there's a lady named Kathy Wood. <laughs> saying, yeah, yeah. That's my bae, man. Um, yeah, yeah, saying, we heard her. Oh, my gosh. She's saying it'll go up to two grand this year. So, yeah, investing is important. Hopefully she's right, huh? Man, I hope so. So you wake up, you invest. Um, investing super important. Um, gratitude is so big to me. I do gratitude every day. I try not to check my phone. I try not to look at social or, you know, any political bullshit. I just wake up. I, I set my stock picks for the day. And then, um, what do you do after that? I mean, you're in beautiful San Diego. The weather's horrible over there. So <laughs> what's next? So, I mean, obviously I'll, I'll eat, you know, right now, I'm trying to, that's one thing I've actually been working on. I freaking, I try to maintain a good regular eating schedule. Cause sometimes I feel like as an entrepreneur, you can forget about just basic like necessities, like even eating, you know, if, I mean, it sounds weird, but sometimes you're just too focused on the grind and like you forget to eat. So right now um, I'm trying to eat my three solid meals a day. I have some good meal prep. Shout out to my boy, Pepe. Um, Is he on a meal prep company? He He's about to, he's about to, uh, if you want to follow him on IG, hit him up for meal preps. His IG is 
let me find it. It's going to be Jose FZ19. So J O S E underscore F C 19. Hell and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he makes some, he, he's been in, in the restaurant industry before he, he has, he's, he's worked with me actually. I used to work in the restaurant industry. Great, great cook, man. Um, but yeah, like I'll eat and honestly, at least once a day, I'll try to, if I can, I'll try to at least go out for a walk. You know, I mean, we, we live in downtown and I mean, I think it's beautiful scenery in certain areas. <laughs> um, and I'll just try to go for a walk if possible, get some fresh air, kind of like I'll jam out to music. Like I love playing music. It's, it's, it's a part of my everyday life. I'll play music throughout my whole day. I'll put some my AirPods on and go for a walk, maybe buy a, some food if already and just kind of clear my thoughts. And I mean, I guess it varies on a day-to-day basis, but for right now, because we're really going all in on our e-commerce and Modernify, which we just recently started, um, after doing that, I kind of like spend the rest of the day kind of like working on it, you know, on my laptop, um, on the desk, just right now, right now I'm kind of like in a, in a little grind mode for this, these next couple months so we can push forward, you know, and then ultimately have a little bit more time and, and freedom, you know, and yeah, man. yeah, at the end of the day, my bad, my bad. At the end of the day, um, before going to sleep, after like washing my teeth, all that, I literally, I mean, this is just kind of like more to my personality, but I literally, as I'm washing my teeth and everything, like I will literally like look at myself in the mirror and like, I will like start dancing and singing and like just jamming out, bro. And that's because more, that's more because I mean, maybe, maybe more my personality, everything. And I like to sing, but I feel like literally just doing that little goofy stuff right before going to sleep kind of lets me go to sleep like in a positive mood you know which you, you I gotta think, pump I think yourself up me. yeah yeah i think it like i'll literally like look at myself like because we all have insecurities you know and i'll be looking at my mirror and like i'll be smiling i'll just kind of like goof off and like it just kind of gives me that little confidence boost before going to sleep you know and, and i think I, I think it helps me it does, it does that energy is so contagious i mean i can hear you through the mic and I've never met you in person, but I mean, that energy is contagious. I can feel it. I can hear it. And I think, you know, a huge um, way people can succeed is if they cut out things that waste time, you know, by you meal prepping, that saves you, you know, a few hours every week, which now you can put back towards yourself and put back towards your business. I knew you were going to find some sort of value to that. I know you're super into the fitness space. Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of meal prep. Um, I used to cook my food in bulk, my proteins at least. Then I have those Uncle Ben's 90-second rice. You know, my lunch takes about a minute and a half to cook, and I'm ready to go. You know, quick 20-minute lunch, go outside. Um, I live in a beautiful spot in Tampa, kind of just, um, you know, take in and, you know, show my gratitude. I showed Eric my rooftop. I go up there. I look at the city, and I look at these giant buildings and these companies that people have built. And I always, I, I even say it in the mirror to myself at the end of the night, like, why can't that be me? You know, somebody else did that. Um, why can't I do that? And, and we can, we all can. We just have to have that belief in ourselves. So how about no, you, Eric? Definitely. What are some, what are some things you do, you know, first thing in the morning and, you know, kind of going through day and, you know, your, your daily routine? Uh, I have a similar um, routine to Eduardo. Uh, Obviously, we share the same uh, unit here, but first thing I like to do is uh, wake up, eyes, bloodshot, <laughs> make my 
cup of coffee, man. Coffee is for closers, you know? So yeah. I need my cup of coffee to even function before I do anything. So first thing I do is make my cup of coffee, um, start turning on the monitors to look at the stock market, uh, set everything up. By the time my coffee's um, finished, um, I start um, looking at the different types of stocks that I had on my watch list from the night before. And then I start making my my investment moves, day trades, or looking to add to swing positions or whatever it is. By the time I'm done um, trading, it's usually about 1 p.m. After 1 p.m., I try to have a lunch break, kind of like try to simulate like the nine to five, you know, so um, just to follow some sort of routine. So I have my lunch and at the end of the day, I am human. So I do take my hour lunch and I, I like to play Warzone. I'm human. Like I said, <laughs> I like to take a break from the grind and monitors and frequencies and decimal points like wall street says yeah and just kind of de-stress for about an hour play with the boys you know <laughs> and um get right back to the grind right after that so i start looking into my emails and start uh, getting right into the marketing space looking at the the ads that i've been running looking at the analytics looking at the sales for the day replying to emails replying to uh, instagram dms things of that nature by the time i'm done with that i mean i want to say it's maybe closer to 7 8 p.m um I like to chill out for a little bit maybe watch a series on netflix and then uh, start making a protein shake and head to the gym by the time i'm back from the gym i mean kind of ready to shower and get the next day started and that's so important man you know unpacking that um you know, blocking out your time, but you also have to have those blocks to where you, you de-stress and decompress and, um, you know, you got to turn your monitor off and unwind and maybe go in airplane mode and just do things that bring you joy outside of work because you, you have to have that, that balance, um, in your personal life, you know, your business can't consume you. Um, if you space it out good enough, you can get more stuff done in one day than most people get done all week. You know, I mean, I, I see y'all's um, Instagram videos and y'all have giant whiteboards. You know, I'm, I'm the same kind of way. Um, what do y'all, what are y'all currently putting on the whiteboards? Is that your strat, your strategies you have going on? Are y'all doing like meetings a few well, times a week? We have four different whiteboards here at home. I have one <laughs> like for the five footers, right? Uh, one of them is huge. Actually. One of them I think is like, I want to say 12 by six the other ones are a little bit smaller but uh try to manage these different companies by the whiteboard so the biggest whiteboard is the one that we're focusing on we just pretty much filled it up with a bunch of different leads that we have for modernify marketing um then we have two different whiteboards uh, we're starting a makeup company and then the other one is for the jersey company that we currently run and manage and on those, we kind of just have our day-to-day -day operations to check off of. So whether it is to reply to a certain customer with the with a certain need or whatever it is, or I don't know, do accounting, um, maybe update the website or fix something on PayPal that we need to do, maybe transfer funds from PayPal to the bank account, whatever it is, we kind of just have it already ready there for the day um, from the day before. And how much of an impact has those whiteboards made on made in your success man i don't know but it's a lot of stress just having to look at <laughs> these things man honestly it is, right? 
it's a lot of stress because I feel like I'm I'm getting these things done. I'm checking these things off the whiteboard, and then just things keep popping up, man. And it's just like it's a never-ending cycle. It feels like, but <laughs> I think it keeps me on it keeps me on check. You know, it keeps me on point with what I need to be doing every single day. Otherwise, I feel like I would have no clear direction. Yeah, I mean, it keeps you accountable. Um, one thing I started doing since I started this um, real estate company and you know, running this podcast and making content. There's something called a Kanban board. Have y'all heard mm -hmm. of that before? I have not. What is that? So essentially um, there's three processes um, that most businesses and people go through in life. It's called a uh, Kanban board and you have three categories. Uh, the first category is to do. So task you have to do for the day, the week, the quarter. The second category is in process. Um, things you're currently working on. And the third category is um, complete. So you have these sticky notes. Each sticky note is for a different topic. So I have a sticky note for CR3. I have a sticky note for CRF, which is my fitness company I'm starting. And then I have a sticky note um, the other one, um, for my real estate company. So you know I have three things I'm kind of juggling, but it just has me um, that visible accountability to where every color is a different company. Um, you have different, you know, processes so I can visually see, you know, what, what do I have to do today? Um, what's in process. And then you have that sense of, you know, um, of winning, you have that, these are complete. I completed these tasks. So yeah, really totally, a little bit of stress, right? Oh my gosh. It I mean, feels I like to, at least, dude, I used to use this, um, task app on my phone. And for me, I need something giant visible in your face. You know, I even have sticky notes on my mirror. Um, stuff like, you know, uh, do cardio today, you fat ass, um, <laughs> add a hundred buyers to your, your cash buy list, just silly things that, you know, I'm sure these, um, people that are levels above me did in their past that I just try to put into my life and my routine. So it's helped me and it seemed to be helping you guys out a lot. Yeah. So as far as structure goes, you, you have any books you would say you, you would be able to recommend? Yeah. So you know, it sounds like you have a very structured life as well. Well, you know, I, I can, you know, blame the military on that. Um, a lot of good came out of my service and the one book, well, two books I really love. One is called the, the one thing by Gary Keller, the founder of Keller Williams, Keller Williams. Yes. Yeah. And it talks about prioritizing um, things in the blocks and, you know, multitasking is a, is a curse. Sometimes if you focus on five things, you only give maybe 20% effort to those five things. But when you focus on just one thing during that time block, it, it, it increases productivity. So the one thing was a great book for me. And then, um, there's a book called the richest man in Babylon. Oh my goodness. That's a great one. Good. Right. What, what is the one thing he says Buy your property, right? buy your property. He talks about, um, you know, keeping money in the bank is stupid. You want it to multiply because, you know, if you're listening to this, you have money in savings, that's great, but you should only really have, you know, a few months as a nest egg. Other than that, you need to have it in something, whether it's um, investing in yourself, investing in crypto, investing in stocks, investing in something you want money to multiply. You know, there's, I agree 100%, man. Cause I mean, sorry to cut you off. I just, this ADHD is killing me, man. But um, 
like realistically think about it. Let's say you do put your money into the stock market and you do lose a couple hundred dollars, thousand dollars. What are you getting out of that? You're getting tuition, you're getting learning, you're getting experience. Why? Because if you lose the money, you got something out of it. Maybe it was an experience. Maybe you follow somebody's advice. Maybe you listen to your best friend and told you to buy a stock and the stock tanks the next day. All right, well, now you know. I'm not going to listen to this guy. Eduardo's a fucking asshole. (laughs) Right? And you don't know how you use my name, but... And at the end of the day, what's going to happen? You're still going to make that money back, whether it is through your nine to five or whatever it is. Like, yeah. if you made a thousand dollars and you lost it, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You're just going to go right back to work. I mean, we're young and people listening to this are probably young hustlers, entrepreneurs. Like, I, I would just suggest take that fucking leap of faith. You have Look. to, man. And, you, you know, you pay tuition. If you don't sell and you have diamond hands, um, you know, it could bounce back. And if you do sell and you own a business, well, guess what? Now you have a tax write-off, a capital loss. And for me, I love any type of accounting measure to reduce your income, you know? So that's an easy way to um, get more money back at the end of the year by incorporating a tax loss. It could be- Man, I remember you talking about that all the time in Verizon, man, doing the accounting one. We both happen to take the same accounting course at the same time. Man, rest in peace to uh, that company, dude. I mean- For me, you know, backing up a bit, I was incredibly bad at math in middle school and high school. I was taking algebra two, you know, I barely graduated, had a 2.0. And my guidance counselor told me, um, you know, math isn't for you, college isn't for you. And that's probably why I decided to get a degree in finance, you know, to to say, fuck you, it it is for me. I just needed to apply myself more. And, you know, I've, I've lost money in the market. I've lost money on courses, but, um, I've learned experience and I've made a lot more than I've lost. And, you know, these small losses don't matter. It is, it's a year to date that really matters to me when it comes to investing. It's um, how am I doing quarterly? I try not to beat myself up on a daily or weekly basis. You know, they have that corny photo on Instagram. You know, if you're a day trader, you may be up a thousand bucks one day down 800 the next day up 200. Um, If you're on track, on a quarterly and yearly basis, you're doing good. If you're beating um, the S&P and hitting over 11%, you're doing pretty damn good. In the bank, you're getting like maybe a quarter of a percent. Inflation is 1.7 to 2%. So you actually lose money. Yeah, you're losing money. Having Just your money, having in the the money in there. Exactly. Are you guys invested in anything, um, any crypto? I personally, me personally, I don't have anything. It's funny you mentioned that. I was opening up a crypto.com account yesterday and because i have coinbase and i think that's as far as i think i want to take it because you don't need a a external wallet for that Mm -hmm. but when i was looking at at the different types of ways to like how to store your funds in the digital crypto wallet and all of this stuff uh, i think it just got a little too complicated to me just because I have so many things going on in the stock market and I, I want to just follow my current two strategies that have been effective. Um, I think I want to just stick to those, but um, I did open up a Coinbase account and I would recommend anybody to open that. You, there's like little free videos you can watch. And every time you watch the videos, you get paid. Believe yeah. it or not. I, I think I racked up close to 220 bucks just from watching the videos. So I mean, if anybody's interested in 
even getting a little start into the crypto space, I would highly suggest that because it is 100% free. You don't even got to refer anybody. You don't got to put your credit info, nothing. And I mean, 200 bucks to get started in crypto. I mean, it could go a long way for sure. If you oh put my it gosh. In the right There's ways out there to come up. You just have to be creative. You have to do research. There's tons of resources out there, um, you know, to create wealth. And um, what are some resources you guys used along your journey? To help you know not only create your brand but to kind of grow grow wealth i mean like i was mentioning earlier well i think financial literacy is is key you know so like i told you my dad always kind of taught me financial literacy even just by observing him and i didn't really get to expand on it but also uh my uncle my uncle ricardo like what one thing he taught me in terms of uh, savings, he essentially told me he recommends always have $5,000, not even as savings. You always need to have $5,000 as like an emergency fund, you know, 100%. like that's not your savings. That's like your emergency fund for any like crazy thing that might happen or occur. That's like your freaking support system just for emergencies. And then you, you should have like your savings. The amount of savings you have, obviously, I guess, might be proportionate to your current income and stuff. But I thought, I thought, I've always had that in my in my head because, I mean, it's true. Like, things like the COVID, man. Like, in what world would you have imagined this to have occurred? You know, and a lot of people, even businesses, are 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 down because they didn't have the the proper backing and the the savings to to help them out. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's just so important. You you need to have. Um, from what I think, you know, three, three to six months of expenses saved up that $5,000 could cover your rent. Um, you know, $5,000 could cover um, an emergency flight to a funeral. It could cover a, a flat tire. It could cover a wedding gift. It could cover, you know, a, a grant card done 10 times course. It could cover anything yeah, that you exactly. want to do to invest in yourself or just having cash on hand is, is so smart. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I guess what I was getting to was uh, essentially, I mean, I, I only I got into stocks and investing uh, really just last year. So I haven't really been investing for too long per se, but I think, I mean, I'm 23 now. I didn't start at a bad age either per se, but just having that foundation um, and that financial literacy, like helped me just to be able to have money to invest in myself and in the business to begin with, you know, because I mean, if you, if you don't have any money, you, you need to invest in yourself and your own business to, to go places. You know, you can't just, even though you can start with maybe a small substantial amount of money, you have to have some kind of, of money. You can't, you can't scale your business investing 50 bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, so I had the financial power to do so. Um, I've always kind of lived below my means. I, I've never really necessarily lived needed like material materialistic things to, to be happy. So that's helped me out. Um, and even though those are not necessarily resources per se, uh, resources I had in order to be smart in how I invest in myself and our business and, and everything, et cetera. I mean, Eric has influenced me a lot. Um, and I mean, honestly books and the internet, I mean, the internet has so much information. If you really want to look for it, I will literally sometimes, and this is bad because sometimes I'll go to sleep super late. I will literally search for one thing on the internet, one thing that I'm trying to learn. Um, or expand my knowledge upon and then i'll fall into a rabbit hole bro like i'll ask one thing and now i'm like trying to learn 10 different things you know because you learn one thing 
And now you're trying to learn like 10 other things that you don't know about. So it's just like a never ending thing, but all that knowledge, like you take it in and, and then, I mean, it'll help you. Knowledge is power, you know? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, not only are you sharpening your, your financial literacy, you're also, um, you're growing as a person. So sometimes for me, I follow, I fall down these rabbit holes and it's, it's the ROI is, um, learning. You may lose some sleep, but I'd rather be a little tired the next day and, and have more knowledge. I mean, it's just, it's so huge. And you talked about, you know, growing up and even now, um, you know, frugalities, uh, it's, it's a way to succeed. You know, you have to find sacrifices and you have to determine is this $400 bottle of gray goose that costs 18 bucks really worth it at the bar. If I have no investments, you know, is this, you know, thousand dollar Louis Vuitton purse worth it. If I haven't really made any 401k contributions, I mean, why buy a purse? Why not start your own purse company? You know, people just need to kind of shift their thinking um, and use their resources. I mean, there's just so much information out there and you guys are doing, doing great things. And I hope that people take away from this conversation that um, no matter what type of environment you grow up in, um, there's always somebody you can watch or somebody you can listen to to help you get to that next level. Exactly, exactly. I agree 100%. So what is, um, what is one common myth about y'all's profession or field that you want to debunk? Because for me, when I first heard of e-commerce, um, I instantly thought, you know, pyramid scheme, um, fraud. You know, I even thought Bitcoin and crypto were fraud. But when you start really diving deep into it, it it's, it's not. It, it's a way for you to not only connect with people, but for you to scale. To this day, I mean, I think one of my... Um... One of my greatest memories is seeing the Wells Fargo statement deposited $44 to get my business started. I kid you not, overnight, I turned that $44 into, I believe it was like $540. And that's one of the things that I'll preach to this day. You don't need a lot of money to get started doing it. Just even fucking in, do it, just like you said it. Even in real estate, man. I mean, you can use o, o, OPM, other, other people's, people's money. money. For anything, I mean, if you have a good idea, um, you know, say that you pitched an idea to Eduardo and he had some graduation money and he loved it. Um, that's a resource right there. So, I mean, like the movie, right? The the social yeah, network. A hundred percent, you know. Just so happens his name is also Eduardo. No shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a good movie. So how oh. about you, Eduardo? What are some, you know, myths or um, skeptics? that you kind of so, want to debunk when it comes to um, y'all's profession? So I think in regards to e-commerce, digital marketing, and just even entre entrepreneurship in general, I think, I think a lot of people think that it's easy work, you know, like people think that these results just come right away or that you don't have to put any kind of work like, oh, it's e-commerce. Like it's all from your laptop or your phone. It's not much like physical work or time consuming like it takes a lot of time and like effort to to get it up and running especially because right now it's literally it's just it's us too you know like we have to do all the work uh ultimately our goal would be to to like expand and grow and like have employees outsource work you know to have more actual time for ourselves and freedom um but essentially what, what i'm getting to is you have to put in the work regardless you know even if you're working for yourself i feel like a lot of people dive and delve into entrepreneurship but when they don't see results right away 
or when they see like the amount of work it might require, it kind of like off puts them, you know, it throws them off or it just, it just, they, they, they strive away from it. They, they don't like it. They don't want to put in the work or they get unmotivated. Like, Oh, I didn't see results. Like I'm not rich in one day. And, and then they just kind of lose the effort. You know, I think for one, like you said, you have to make sacrifices, you know, and you, you have to be fully committed. I think with entrepreneurship, if you're not fully committed, if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, then don't even get into it, you know, because the results are not going to come right away. You have to make those sacrifices, be committed, and then the results are going to start coming in, you know. So essentially, the what I'm debunking is that it's easy, if that makes sense. Yeah, you, you have to execute. You know, I, I know for sure that, you know, I worked maybe 45 hours a week on my nine to five, but I put in probably 45 hours this week alone, um, between my own business, you know, I'm working 14, 16 hour days, but time goes by. I, I love what I'm doing. Um, I love providing value. I love the research. I love talking to other investors. I love talking to other entrepreneurs and, and that's the biggest, um, misconception. I think that is just true. It's, it's not easy. You know, people see this, lifestyle or people living in high rises and driving nice cars, but they don't realize what the person um, had to sacrifice to get there. You know, the, the, the parties he turned down and the vacations he turned down and the hours and grit and time they put into that craft. And it's, I agree, man. 100%. I had somebody else message me on Instagram the other day saying you're lucky to live the lifestyle that you have. Like, well, this isn't luck. This is like, years of accumulation of hard work you know what i mean and like i think the quote says it took me like four or five years to become an overnight success and yeah. people really don't i think they just don't see it everybody wants that instant gratification that overnight success that oh i put thousand dollars in bitcoin i want my 10k tomorrow like it no it doesn't work like that you really have to start you know planting those seeds and know that sometimes those seeds, they don't, you know, um, turn into fruit or plants for years. I mean, it may take 10, 15 years for something to scale. Um, you know, Tesla asked Apple to uh, team up, you know, 15 years ago. There's tons of companies um, that started off and took a long time. You know, Truett Cathy, his story is incredible. He started Chick-fil-A at 54 years old. You know, Sam Walden, a lot of these successful people, um, it takes a long time to reach a high level of success and people just give up. They're, uh, they're scared what their family or friends may think. They're scared of what their coworkers may think. And just the biggest takeaway from anything I talk about in this podcast is just, just take that leap of faith. You know, if it's turn that side hustle into an income and if you have money saved up, there's no excuse why you should be working for somebody else. If you believe in the product and believe in the people, um, and then yourself in yourself, most yeah. important part, you know, that in your circle will take you a, a long, long way. So I definitely agree with what you had to say and adding a little bit to what Eduardo said as well. People do think, you know, they say like, oh, we own an online business. We, we own e-commerce stores and this and that. Like People probably think it's like, like a get rich quick type of thing. People really don't realize we really do spend hours of our day replying to people's emails, optimizing our ad campaigns, replying to Instagram messages. Like it, it really, I think 
the job itself, yeah, we do make money in our sleep. We woke up two thousand dollars today, but at the end of the day, it is we. It might be online, but we still have to treat it like an actual business. And given that, I mean, I can probably say we spend at least eight hours a day having to optimize the website every single day, replying to emails, doing email marketing, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. And people really don't see that. People probably just think it's like instant money coming in and we don't have to do anything after that. We still have to send the orders out. We don't have to go to UPS and ship them out ourselves, but we still have to communicate with their supply chain and where to send these um, packages to. And that does that's not going to get done by itself. Yeah, we have a couple employees and, and whatnot. But even then, I mean, we still got to, we have a lot to do. And on top of that, still manage and oversee the company as a whole and do the accounting and make sure numbers are not funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you guys, you wear many different hats. Like you mentioned, supply chain, accounting, um, customer service. You know, each one of you guys probably wear five or six or seven or eight different hats throughout your entire department and through your structure of your business. And on top of that, you're managing mul- multiple businesses. So, how do you deal with that? I mean, everything that you guys are talking about, um, it seems challenging just to own one business. But when you have two or three businesses, um, how do you prioritize Is that based on what's producing the most revenue? Are you guys blocking out time for certain businesses or some more automated? I think kind of what we just talked about not too long ago, the whiteboard thing, man. I mean, yeah. I think that thing is really key. It keeps, I mean, like, like you've seen on our stories, we got four whiteboards in the house and everywhere you go, I mean, you can't, you can't look away without running into one of these things, you know? And I think that's kind of what, what keeps, I mean, us to like, giving us a clear direction and sense of what we need to do for the day and by what time we need to have it done, you know, and I'm sure you have a similar structure with your sticky notes. Like you probably know what you need to get done by a certain hour and what needs to become the priority before doing something else. You have to, man. I mean, you have to have structure. You have to not be afraid of failure. You have to embrace being uncomfortable. You have to laugh at fear. I mean, I probably sent out 20 DMs of people I find interesting to interview in a podcast. And on my whiteboard, I have 20 episodes already planned out. And I've only been doing this thing for less than a week. You know, I have interviews every day this week booked up till the end of the month, you know, so it's really great. It's, to have, it's good to have support. I'm going to have a bunch of interesting people. Um, super excited. I just have to stay consistent. You know, you have to do something. Um, every day to get you closer to that big W to that win and staying focused, um, you know, staying real and staying authentic is, is huge, you know? So in closing, the primary focus of this channel is, is health, wealth, and personal growth. So I'll shoot this to you first, Eric, what are some habits that you've found effective in health, wealth, and personal growth that have made you who you are today and that are molding you who you want to be tomorrow? Well, that's a tough question. I think be a hundred percent honest, just kind of trying to skip through the bullshit. And when I mean bullshit, I mean procrastination, just try to stop the procrastination and just get what you got to get done, done. I mean, essentially 
I'm sure you've seen these posts all over Instagram. They kind of break down your day. You got 24 hours. You got to sleep eight. And then you have eight hours to go to work. Then you're still left over with eight hours, right? What you do in those eight hours mean more than anything else. And I think it's 100% true. So essentially just stop the procrastination and get what you need to get done. Just fucking execute. That's it. Exactly. Execute. How about you, Eduardo? So for health, and this is something I think I need to work on everyone, balance, you know, balance your work, work, um, work life, your, your leisure, everything. Just need to have a balance to everything in life um, because, I mean, you only have one life, you know. You don't also want to just spend it working 24-7 every single day. Um, I mean, the goal is freedom, you know. So balance in terms of health, obviously, eat, eat properly because, I mean, you literally cannot pay for health. You, you have to take care of yourself. And I mean, you, you're going to the gym. You know, I'm, I'm sure you have your health and, and, and everything on point for the most part, at least more than me. Um, wealth, I think financial literacy, man, if, it's, it's key. It's key to, to everything, to yourself, to just living in America, just anywhere in the world to being financially free, even if you're not an entrepreneur, like if you, ha- if you know how to manage your money, it'll help you a lot. And personal growth, I think, I think you, have to, you have to get your mentality straight. You have to have your mentality straight. You have to be mature with yourself and real with yourself. Um, your emotional intelligence has to be on, on point. Like you have to be essentially emotionally, emotionally mature with yourself and others so you can grow you can look back and see like criticize yourself like where can i grow what did i do wrong how can i improve you know i i personally like to self-reflect a lot on on different aspects of my life you know my relationships my emotions how i react to certain things and i think that's key like as a human being and to to grow you know to grow honestly because if if no one's perfect so if you don't if you don't look back on yourself and try to reflect and improve yourself then you're not growing as simple as that yeah i mean if you're the same person you were last year um you're not improving you know who wants to uh stay in a treadmill going three miles per hour their entire life you know you want to speed it up and adjust and adapt and pivot and you have to grow so what would your personal mission statement be then so my i know i I put you on the spot (laughs) no you're good um so my mission statement right now would be essentially I want to have financial freedom and power, financial freedom and power to help all my family, friends, the less fortunate, all while, all while being happy and fulfilled, you know, because I think this is also a misconception in regards to entrepreneurs. Like I, I don't necessarily care about having money, like having that social status per se. It's just at the end of the day, like money is, is our currency. You know, it's we're not at a bartering system like. Oh, here, I'll trade you three chickens for that soap. You know, like money matters, money matters. And it's what gives you the the financial freedom, especially here in America. So I just want to have that freedom and power to help my family, friends and others in need, you know, and essentially be happy. You know, that's that's it. That's it. I love it, man. Money does buy you freedom and it buys you time. It buys you time to do things you love with people you love and allows you to give back to your community. Um, I'm sure you guys are involved or you're planning to get, to get involved with your community. And that's just, it's a huge win 
when you have enough money in your account to where you can go give back, you can go to, you know, homeless shelters, you can donate, you can donate your time. You know, I've mentored people and it's, it's really empowering to see, to see their growth. You know, when you help other people grow, um, you develop as a leader and you develop as an individual. And there's just something funny about the ROI you get when you help other people, you know? I yes. think that's like the goal for almost every entrepreneur at the end of the day. I mean, I think I can say that confidently. So back to you, Eric, what is your personal mission statement? If it doesn't make you money, make you happier, make you better, why do it? Let's go. Put that in a t-shirt, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. I mean, you know, I'll be honest. I left a six-figure job, um, tons of room for growth. I was doing okay, but I didn't love it. I didn't love the product. I didn't love the culture. So what better way than to create something you love by creating your own culture? And it kind of follows your entire ethos. You know, if it doesn't make you happy or make you money or make you better, I kept thinking to myself, what, what, am I, what am I doing here? You know, why am I still here? So, um, you know, I, I just told my boss, essentially, I woke up one day and said, I'm done, you know? Um, and I resigned that day and it's been nothing but, but a good, a good time. It, I worked a lot more than I did then, but I'm, I'm extremely thankful to be in the situation I'm at. And, you know, due to having, you know, not only emotional intelligence, but a level of financial literacy to where I have the ability to do that. I so. agree 100%. So quick question. What, what made you just want to wake up one day and just say, fuck this job? Well, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I mean, let's keep, let's keep yeah. it G, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I woke up many times saying, fuck this job. I hate this fucking job. I deserve to get paid way more than this. And I don't even think this is my entrepreneurial spirit talking. I think maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm not 100% sure, but there was too many times where I was just at work sitting and thinking, what the fuck am I doing here, man? Like, no, I mean, you know I, you're I worth. Deserve, you know you're worth. I, I, I yeah. know I, I'm worth more than what I'm getting paid. You know what I mean? So I want to hear what, yeah. what was your tipping point. Well, it was exactly that. I mean, when you work for another company, you get a percent of a percent. And it's, it's based off of somebody else's product or service. And if you don't agree with the product, and if you don't think the product provides the best value, you really can't provide that value to your client. So I found myself in a situation to where I wasn't loving the product. Um, I wasn't enjoying the people um, I was selling to. It wasn't the market I wanted to be in mm -hmm. as an individual. So I had to decide, you know, do I keep doing this because I'm comfortable because I, I can, um, because I'm getting a check every month or do I want to struggle? Do I want to embrace this suck and maybe scale back? on my lifestyle um, to chase something I'm, I'm truly passionate about. So, you know, that you guys talked about taking that leap of faith. I just took it, you know, and since then I, I've connected with a lot of entrepreneurs and everyone I've talked to has told me that's the first step. Just take that leap of faith. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be hard days, long days, but um, it's worth it, man. It is it's yeah. so rewarding to be able to wake up and make my own schedule and say, you know what, today, I'm going to grind for 12 hours and then tomorrow I'm going to Disney. You know, I'm going to grind all this week and then I'm taking the boat out all weekend because I'm able to, you know, when you're working for somebody else, you know, not knocking it. If you're listening, you know, you don't have the freedom to really 
decide on a Wednesday, you know what, today I'm, I'm going to, you know, surprise my girlfriend and go to Tijuana and go to Caesars and get the very first Caesar salad. You know, you don't have that luxury if you work for somebody else. So being a CEO, um, you're in charge of your own life. You're in charge of your own income um, and you're in charge of your own, your own happiness. So that's why I did it, man. I needed to um, grow my entrepreneurial mind. I needed to provide value in a different outlet that I was currently working at. And I wanted more freedom. You know, I, I left the military to, um, to have the freedom. And I felt like I was trapped. You know, I went through a few different types of modes of depression. And I'm sure you guys can relate. Um, it's hard, you know, staring at a computer screen and putting on a uniform and checking in and out. And, you know, um, sometimes not getting paid for what you're worth and the commission check getting taxed 40%. You know, I, I just saw more value in what I could bring to the table. So definitely you, like execute. you said, man, comfort is a drug, you know? Oh my gosh. It's the worst. They you know? feed you a salary and you're stuck there for the rest of your life. You know, you're stuck I... and you get fed this, this crock of bullshit that, you know, this paper degree gets you an entry level job. You work there for 20 years, you put money in your 401k. And then when you're 60 years old, then you'll be happy. But when you're 60, you're going to have grandkids and you're going to have health issues. Um, I don't want to live like that. I want to be happy now. I want to be happy. I want to be retired when I'm in my forties. Um, I want to have my money work for me and not work for, for somebody else. So that's, that's why I did it, man. I had to. Sir. Yeah. So, either you uh, follow someone's system or you make your own system, right? Yeah, man. So what, what is the best way? that listeners can connect with both of you guys online. Oh, you want to talk, Eric? Go ahead. Um, I would probably say the best social media to connect with me or Eric would probably be Instagram. Instagram, if you, if you want to search for us, uh, mine's going to be at Eduardo underscore Roji. So E-D-U-A-R-D-O underscore R-O-J-I. And Eric, what is yours? Eric sells SD. I'll keep it simple. And let's go ahead and drop your businesses um, tags in here too. I'll also yeah, I'll put and... their business tags in the info as well. Perfect. I'll go ahead and type that up in the chat. So we got at Eric sell SSD. That's Eric's IG handle. We got modernify marketing and then Jersey loco. And then high rise trading is the discord for, for stocks. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Awesome guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. What is your last word of advice for anybody wanting to pursue um, anything other than a nine to five, you know, even if they're in a nine to five, what is something you recommend doing to level up to get to the next level to um, escape this cage of, you know, financial illiteracy that, we think that we um, we have to be comfortable. What are some last I'll pieces of make advice? Make it super quick and keep it simple. So for the past um, three, four years, I've had um, this e-commerce thing as an extra source of income. I never had it as a full-time income. However, in January of this year, two months ago, I decided I'm tired of working for someone else. I'm going to go all in on this. And I can tell you guys, just from the experience alone, I was able to scale much quicker, much faster. From I had a cap, and I think my cap was 
doing about eight nine thousand dollars in revenue a month while doing it part-time i'm close to four times that now close to thirty-two thousand dollars in revenue in only about two months of work and i'm we're not showing any signs of slowing down so to keep it simple just fucking do it just take the leap of faith whether it is to find the job that you want um, quit your job or get a better job or take the promotion just fucking do it don't even think about it i mean if you think you're not ready well if you take the job or you quit your job you'll definitely get the skills through experience to be ready for whatever you need i love it man then for myself i would just recommend honestly be fucking confident in yourself be assertive go for your fucking goals because if you don't believe in yourself you're not going to reach them like you're the only one that can make your goals happen so if you're not believing in yourself no one else is going to do it for you you know don't be shy be do what you got to do to fucking make those goals happen you know at the end of the day what matters is is what you want you know like you're not going to be happy for other people you're happy for yourself so decide what you want and fucking go for it as simple as that Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please give me a quick follow on IG at CharlesRezac3. Like this podcast, share it, subscribe, give it to somebody that might need that extra boost. Maybe you need that extra boost too. Hope you have a great day. Hope you stay blessed. Remove the stress. Surround yourself around people you want to grow with. Let's get it.